Welcome to KWVA Eugene. This is ASUO Radio, your weekly insight to information on our student government's people, programs, events, and resources. Get a rundown on what is going on around the UF. Hello and welcome at ASUO Radio. My name is Savannah Sear. And I'm Katie Winkleman. And today in the studio, we are going to be talking about the Stand Up Society. We have Connor, of course, our KWBA News Director. Yes, And hello. our special guest, Mike. How's it going? Going good. How about yourself? Going swell. So let's just jump right into it. Tell me more about the Stand Up Society. Uh, well, the uh, UO Stand Up Society, it's a group of uh, comedians that we get together uh, every Wednesday night. We have an open mic here at the uh, EMU in the Falling Sky Pizzeria, whatever they call it. (laughs) And uh, we just get together and tell jokes. We put on uh, writing workshops and just uh, in general, just uh, try and have a good time. We're kind of in an ebb right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, Kalen Wolf did a great job uh, leading the team. And this year, uh, we're figuring out some leadership things. Currently, I'm like a, a pseudo running the group. I don't know what I am, but... I'd say you're basically the guy doing it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I respond to the Facebook messages. But next year, uh, I'm excited to see the thing grow uh, with you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of big plans. Uh, I, ju- I just want to make it something big because I love comedy and I love making people laugh. And the more people we can make laugh, the better. So how does one want to join the Stand-Up Society? If you want to join, just uh, come out to our events and just keep in contact with us. We all get together. And it's uh, very informal just because comedians, we never really take things too seriously. So just come to our events and uh, we just keep in contact with each other and uh, just try and put on as many th- fun things as we can. Yeah, I'd say like the most people who end up joining the group are at a mic and they say all right, I'm going to go for it. Get up. I'd say the ratio is about 25% of people that do it and then come back. And there's 75% of people who are there every week that Mm. go up and do the mic and then never return even to watch. I don't know if you've noticed that, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. You'd think they'd want to keep going. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. Keep on trying, keep on trying. It's going to be bad. Oh, do you guys have some like bad first time experiences or funny first time experiences? Luckily, I haven't had anything too terrible. Like my first uh, show that I did, it went great. I was super excited. And then I moved up here to Eugene for an open mic. And there was like five people in the audience and four of them were getting drinks. (laughs) And it was just dead with nothing. And I was just like so disheartened until I started going to more of the open mics and realized it's like that every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard my, I, I sell a joke about my first time every once in a while. My first time actually wasn't, uh, I always tell a joke about how I asked the audience about, no, I just asked the audience to ask me questions openly. But that actually came about because I'd wanted to do stand up for a long time. And we had to tell a story when I was an RA about our life and I had nothing planned. So I just rambled on. And I started to notice that people were laughing at certain quirks in my storytelling, like adding a full name to a person or just like genuinely being passionate. And so one night, uh, it was a talentless night in Ham East. Some kid was like, I I asked some kid if he was going to go up and do a talent. And he said, "Uh, I only do it if you do it. I'm like, okay, I don't care. I'll go up. And I just had the audience ask uh, me three questions. And it went over really well. 
So I figured that's a strategy I'd use when I go up on stage because that way I don't need to prepare or be worried that I'm going to forget something. Um, and it went so bad. So, so bad. I think it took me like five or six times to even get like a good genuine laugh or like feel good about my set. Mm. So, I, yeah, it did not start well. Yeah. How do you keep going after something like that? Uh, no shame, mm. I think. <laughs> yeah. I it's I don't know. There's something about it. There's something about the making people laugh. I think there's I, you get something from doing comedy. At least I do. Like I feel something, but I know that fades pretty quick after a show. The the drop off's pretty steep sometimes. Especially the better the show, the further the drop in my experience. Yep. But what kind of keeps me going back is the idea that like other people are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of wanted to back up for a second, and I want to ask you too: How did you guys get involved, or why? Oh, jeez! Like in comedy itself, or within the club? Both. Uh, well, actually, uh, I got started in comedy um, kind of very narcissistically, kind of. Okay. Because uh, it was uh, I was doing student government down at a local community college in Southern Oregon, and uh, I was the president, which basically meant. I could do whatever I wanted, <laughs> and uh, I wanted to see a big comedy festival in the area, so I had the means to do it, so I did it, and I hosted it. It was really great. We actually raised almost $3,000 for a local uh -oh. charity, and I did the hosting, told some jokes, and I was just like, I love this. I'm going to keep doing this. So when I moved up here, and uh, when I got accepted to U of O, I looked online and uh, at all the clubs, and I saw, oh, stand-up society heck yes yeah I, I i guess i had a little different experience too i went to a show when the emu wasn't renovated before it used to be in the buzz uh cafe and i saw it and i thought oh this is fantastic but i also saw some people i'm like i can tell that joke better like i can strategize around it and so like that competitive side of me that was like oh i can do this and then i finally got up there and like i said it was so much more challenging than i thought uh, but it was something, yeah, just like watching people do it. I was like, this is something I want to do. What I also want to know is like, how does one tell a good joke? Do you watch other comedians and kind of follow them? Or do you just do your own thing? What's the strategy? Uh, well, for me, what I find most helpful when it comes to telling jokes is you don't think of it as you're telling a joke. You're just telling a story uh, through your own perspective like a lot of uh, a lot of people ask me like oh you know how do you write like w what's your creative process and for me it's literally just i see something in my head i make a funny joke about it and i write it down i think i'm a little different in this way too where i like writing everything down but the the creative process is exactly i think the same for me in terms of like it's about your perspective it's you see something and you have something to say about it and it's funny <clears throat> I guess that people always say set up, set up punchline mm. or like uh, I've heard make a statement, state your point of view and then reinforce your point of view and try and make that funny. Yeah, it's just it's about finding what's funny in the things you see. And mm. when you tell your story, is that the first time you're telling it or are you like standing in front of a mirror and like trying to say your story over and over again? Like as if you were trying to do a speech or something for a class. I I try to every once in a while. Ideally, the situation would be if I was able to make it out to more mics is have the open mics 
be my practice but right now i i just i have 8 a.m so i can't go to a lot of mics so i'm doing it once a week and i like to run through it once before but a lot of times my jokes are the same from week to week because you just keep on refining uh, and keep on working on you're the person behind it and like the point of view that you have and be able to drive that home. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't do a whole lot of uh, practicing uh, cause I'm able to get to a lot of the open mics in town and I've never actually like sat down and written out like Connor said that he does. Like it's uh, just something that I just keep in my head and in my head I'll go through it a couple of times, but I don't often like sit in front of a mirror and try and tell it. But it is one of the things I'll kind of, work my jokes into everyday conversations with my friends and see if it gets them to laugh and then i if they do then i'm like okay i think i'm on to something yeah interesting i think we're on to something and we'll be right back with asu radio i'm john a volunteer at united way i'm here at lincoln elementary school to find out what this place needs who knows better about what kids need than kids right let's ask them monsters lasers a pool Another guinea pig. More lasers. Sprinkles. I was thinking more spinach at lunchtime and maybe more exercise. Nah. Uh-uh. Lasers are cool. When it comes to creating healthier communities, what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org. Because great things happen when we live united. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to ASU Radio. I'm Kitty Winkleman, and we're still in the studio with Mike, Savannah, and Connor from the UO Stand-Up Society. Let's get back to it, guys. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Actually, before talking about how, like, funding and stuff, uh, a question. I don't. You might not get this, but a lot of times, and I think you, Savannah and Katie, can relate to this question. Is people ask me, "Are you actually funny?" Mm-hmm. Like, oh. like if people who know me well, like, do think there's nothing funny about me, and then people who don't, uh, maybe this is a question you get more often. Is like, tell me a joke. Oh, I, I hate that. I hate so that. Much. Really? Like, I'd almost rather someone be like, "Oh, you're not funny," than be like, "Oh, this is who you are now, and you need to make me laugh on the spot." Yeah, I hate that. Tell me a joke because you can't tell like one of your full jokes to somebody just on the street. Like, oh, do you have five minutes for me to go through this entire joke? Yeah, it's more like a story yeah. than a, a punchline. Yeah, that, that's why I keep a couple of puns in my back pocket for that situation. Like a. Do you guys know what cavemen called things that exploded? What? I don't know. <laughs> but a dynamite. Oh. oh See, so I That's... love those jokes. Those dad jokes are my favorite. And every time I tell people that, they're like, Savannah, go away. Go away. <laughs> just like Savannah. when you tell people your favorite band is Nickelback. Yes. I knew this was going to come yes, up on the radio. I was just going to oh. say that, too. Yeah, I really hate that question and i hate when people I'm, i say like no don't like you're not supposed to ask some of that or like this joke just isn't gonna play well and they're like well i'll laugh anyway I'm like that's not helpful no <laughs> it just makes me feel worse that you're just giving me the laugh yeah just that sarcastic laugh like ah. yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that i think it's just as common for me to get from people i know that um like, oh, you, are you actually funny? And I think it was someone on our staff, too, came to the show and gave the glowing review of, wow, that was a lot better than I thought. Oh, my God, it was L Myers. I was L and Ryan. And that's like, I mean, that's all I could ask for. Yeah. It's not hilarious, but it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, I can ad- uh, attest to that. It was not a bad night. Yeah, and Savannah, you came too, right? Yes, I was there. That's Crickets. a lie. Crickets. Trying. Oh. It's all right. Well, it's fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We all know I'm a very busy person and oh, I try yeah. my You're best so, to be. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. There was yeah, no shade thrown in the studio. No. no. Not whatsoever. No it's fine. Out. I could take the punches. <laughs> Punchline. There you go. Punchline. Uh, there it is. Uh, all right. So you started off with let's skip the serious or let's skip the funny and go to the serious. But let's go back to ASUO. Yes. How are we funded? How are you guys funded? Yes. So we didn't access a whole lot of funds this year. I kind of got underway with helping the group mid-December. And it was, but I know last year that they got funding for, uh, I believe, an event that was held here when they recorded a CD for their Hilarity for Charity event. They typically used to host it Black Box Theater and uh, sold tickets. I know I tried to go my sophomore year and it was completely sold out. I got there five minutes before the show started and it just sold out. So um, the way it kind of works with funding in any ASUO affiliated organization as we are, um, you talk with a senator who then helps you with the, the funding request and then you go in front of the Senate and it's either contested or it's passed. Uh, I'm assuming for groups like us, well, I, I've sat in the meetings uh, a number of times and usually for something so small, like I, we wouldn't be asking for thousands of dollars for an mm-hmm. event. Uh, maybe next year. I don't know if you, you want to throw another festival, but I, maybe. But it's usually a pretty small request for like either food for uh, a meeting or like money for some space um, or, or some a swag or something like that and then the asuo gives you their stamp of approval and then money shows up i i'm not exactly sure i haven't done this process myself but that's kind of the way it works for asuo affiliated organizations and that's what we are so when you say you're a smaller group how many people are a part of the uh uo stand-up society two yeah (laughs) it's pretty small right now yeah Uh, we get about like five regulars ish yeah, I think the biggest thing was I keep myself fairly busy and I haven't been able to be as consistent with hosting writing groups as I'd hoped to be. I think that's kind of where the group builds. But I know in previous years, it's been like 15 to 20 people that kind of fluctuate. Um, right now, like Mike was saying before, it's the open mics are the big thing. But we have Mike is going to be stepping up next year. And we actually have someone who's shown interest in stepping up the year after. So hopefully we kind of start building that legacy up again and it just continues. So there's no kind of lull like there was between Kaylin and myself, even though Aaron was doing a great job. I just know he was extremely busy, too. And I was the same. Yeah, I think it's going to be great uh, having me in at this point. So that way I can take over. So <laughs> it's not just uh, like, oh, it's done somebody else run in and pick it up it's like it's being handed so you can handle it a little better yeah absolutely and i think i'm excited i'm excited to see what it does eugene the comedy scene eugene though is on a boom too because i remember mm-hmm. my freshman year there was like three mics and now what was it like six or seven uh yeah i think we're up to yeah i think it's six which is just incredible um so comedy's on the upswing and i know you mm-hmm. all will follow right along what are some of your favorite mics in town? Oh, I haven't made them out. I got an 8 a.m. Oh, but, uh, yeah, they used to be the green room. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. They closed, unfortunately. Yeah, I think uh, right now, uh, my personal, like, I know this is going to sound biased, but I think the one here on campus is probably the best one just because the audience is generally really, they pay a lot of attention, and they actually are there. They know about it, and they come out. So it's not people that are here. 
they're not showing up to drink and oh there's comedy going on uh where for with a lot of the open mics in town half the audience didn't even know it was going but one of the good open mics in town is uh tuesday nights at lucky's i think that's probably uh one of the best that we have uh going right now which is really interesting because i went there to record something for a j school class that i was in and i was there i think I mean, it was exactly like you explained. People were there to drink, and there happened to be comedians there. Mm. But I tried to go this year because I have no classes on Wednesdays, and I was thinking, you know, I don't have a lot of homework. So I showed up, and there was a cover charge at the door, which was something new. And they said, yeah, people are here as soon as the list opens up, and we almost have, like, 10 people right away, which is just a night and day difference from Mm. a year ago. Yeah, but you can totally bypass the uh, cover fee. Oh, well. but just not pain. <laughs> How would you describe like the atmosphere of being at an open mic? It really depends on which open mic it is, uh, but in general, it's um, very, very bland. Because, like I said, a lot of the people there they're there to drink. They're not there for comedy, uh, so you really have to try and get their attention. Uh, but like, and it varies from day to day, night to night, week to week, location to location. But it's not, it's a huge night and day difference uh, between doing an open mic and doing an actual show. Because for the show, the bars and stuff, they'll set up tables and chairs to be facing the stage. With open mics, it's just kind of a free for all. How about next door at Falling Sky? Yeah, I, it's like a lot of. I mean, there are booths there, so half the audience is looking the other way. There's poles right in the middle, so it's not an ideal space. Mm -hmm. But something I've noticed is that whenever people tell me they're going to show up and I get excited about that, I we have no one. It's like it almost never fails. The night I always tell the bartender that we're going to have a big crowd, a lot of people are showing up, there's like four people. Another thing that's difficult, though, at some open mics is when the crowd is mostly comedians. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. that's supportive, but also uh, there's there's some competition there, and it's like you don't know if they're trying to support you or what it is. It's just, I don't know, you want the crowd there. You want to make the, the people laugh. So that's that always makes it a challenge when there's like eight comedians and four audience members. Yeah, it's definitely tough playing to a room of mostly comedians because – a lot of them, like, I'm guilty of it sometimes myself, too, of just kind of like, I'm done with my set, I'm mentally checking out. So I think that's kind of one of the tough things about playing to a lot of comedians, and especially because you want feedback from people, and other comedians would be the people that you want to get feedback from, but, like, half the time they're just, like, shooting pool or something, so you can't get that feedback that you want. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's, eh. The nights go all right. Yeah. It, it all depends week to week. Mm. Very good to know. All righty. And we will be back soon on ASUO Radio. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a cold day. Football I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. 
And we're back in the studio of KWVA 88.1 on ASUO Radio. I'm Spanish Seer here in the studio with Katie, Connor, and Mike. So, because this is our last segment, and not only is it our last segment, this is the last show that Connor will be on on ASUO Radio. How do you feel about that? Oh, it's a lot. KWVA, I mean, I don't know how many people I've shared this with. I was, I had applied or had my application pretty much filled out to transfer junior year. And um, I was just thinking about it, but I had just started here as a uh, news director. It was around the same time where I got hired. And I was like, I can't leave this place. Like, I, I really fell in love with radio and... Um, it's been such a rewarding experience for me. Uh, I love coming in here as many hours as I spend here. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a little sad. It's definitely going to be one of the biggest things I'll miss. So uh, I'm glad it's with you too. Uh, Savannah, our longest tenured staff member, and Katie, who stepped up right in the midst of trouble with ASUO Radio. So I'm really happy I'm here. We're happy you were here, and we're going to miss you, bud. Oh, thanks. We I are. can tell that's like, eh, like 75. <laughs> no, it is an honor. It's true. It's authentic, man. Okay, okay. Yes. And on a lighter note, Mike has a little story to tell you. Yeah. Uh, so back this last January, I got, I think, probably what is going to end up being one of the highlights of my stand-up comedy career. Um it was a Friday night, me and a buddy of mine. We had tickets to go see Burt Kreischer uh, up in Portland, a.k.a. The Machine. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, the name is tough to remember, but uh, he's a dude, like one of his clips went viral talking about uh, getting involved with the Russian mafia. So it was really great. We had uh, tickets to a show on Friday night, and we had, had a few uh, potent potables uh, in our system. After the show, he was doing a meet and greet with uh, people, and so I'm like, okay, you know, I want to get a picture with the guy. You know, he's kind of one of my stand-up idols. That's why I'm here. So I get up, finally get to meet him, shake his hand, and being very loose and very confident with the liquid courage, I just ask, hey, can I get some time on your show tomorrow? And he said yes. (laughs) Which, to me, was incredible. Like, there was no thought in my mind that he was actually going to say yes. Right. So I'm just, like, freaking out for the next 24 hours. And, like, I felt like when I was doing it, it was uh, the biggest crowd. is like 275 people. It was basically like a dream come true. And, like, I felt like a Make-A-Wish kid minus the cancer, <laughs> but plus the eventual diabetes. Right. Oh. Like, I, I know you can't really tell, but I'm a very large man. <laughs> and uh, radio does not do it justice. <laughs> did, so did he, did you preface going up to him by saying you're a comedian, or did you just straight up ask? You're like, yeah. I just want some time. These are like the first words he's heard out of your mouth, and he's like, yeah, come on my show. <laughs> well, ba- basically, like, cause, uh, we went up and, uh, like, I took a picture with him, and I pulled up my shirt, and we touched bellies. <laughs> and uh, And I was just like, hey, man, like, I'm a stand-up comedian. I know you're probably going to say no, but I have to ask. You know, you got to shoot your shot. So I was like, can I get some time? Yeah, no problem. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like people usually, like, work for that, you know? Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time and, like, it's a strategic ask. Yeah. And you just stumbled upon it, more yeah, or less. Yeah, I did not earn that at all. <laughs> did, like, you go home to friends and, like, tell them, and did people just, like, not believe you? They're like, no, you're you're messing with us. No, I, I got it on video, 
and he even posted about it on his Instagram. So that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those things like, like it's nothing like I don't like to brag about, like I'm not going to go on the radio show and talk about this whole story because <laughs> I, I just don't like telling people that I opened for Burt Kreischer who has, you know, Showtime specials and stuff. Like I just don't like telling people that I opened for Burt Kreischer. It's, it's tough for me to say that I opened for Burt Kreischer. But that is the point <laughs> of the show is for you to show off and say exactly Mike, who you I'm are. sorry. What did you do again? Oh, I opened for Burt Kreischer. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, do you guys okay. know that? Yeah. I hadn't heard that ever. Yeah, I know. Uh, but no, and it's great. Like, uh, I'd only been doing comedy consistently for about like four months at that point. And everybody that I do comedy with here in Eugene that have been doing it for years, they're just like been doing this for six years and have not gotten anywhere close to something like that how dare you <laughs> uh, I, looking forward i think the stand-up society is going to be in great hands with mike uh especially with that comment because i think i've been doing comedy consistently one day a week for three months now so <laughs> <laughs> you know it, i don't know it's going to be exciting i falling sky is a great place for it mm. too um I, we've had people though ask like you know how do you how do you get involved and like i i don't know how to reinforce it more other than just like you got to try it you got to mm-hmm. see if you like it and i think it pretty quick you know if you do or don't like yeah it's i don't know it's a magical thing mm-hmm. it's a magical thing yeah and uh if you end up making your friends laugh in everyday conversation it's definitely something you can do cuz like for myself uh like something that I've always with being a bigger guy, one of the thoughts in the back of my mind has always been like if I'm ever in a like a seedy place that there's a lot of crime and stuff, like I feel comfortable if somebody like tries to mug me with a knife because they're not reaching any vital organs. <laughs> like that's why I keep a turkey basin on my car is if I do get stabbed. Like that dude just saved me like five grand on liposuction. So Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, man. I've heard that one a number of times. It me every time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Stand-up's, stand-up's a lot of fun. And I think that's what also college is about, trying new things. Uh, like, one of the pitches I do when people are sitting out in the crowd, I'm like, hey, if you've ever just wanted to tell someone uh, you, that you did stand-up, like, just come up here for two minutes, and then you can tell everyone. No one needs to know that it might not have gone well. Uh, but who knows? You might really like it. And I just want to piggyback. Like, if you make your friends laugh and then you do stand-up, that's great. And if you don't make your friends laugh, uh, I have experience in that. And it still sometimes goes all right. So, you know, it's it's really for everyone who's interested in trying it. Uh, it's just, I don't know, is something at least in the back of my head ever since I was like a little kid too. It was like, oh, that'd be a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. So if that's, it, that's in the back of your head, I think stand-up's a great Thing to try yeah. wise words from the graduating connor kinowich yeah you were close with the last name you were real close that time i gotta try i had to try <laughs> i had to try kvichin yeah give it yeah it's like a kf kvichin oh, okay yeah that's that's it that's my name i'm glad after a year of working together katie you know me so well <laughs> <laughs> i can pronounce your full name yep yep and uh, that it is you have heard it of Connor's last show here on ASUO Radio. Not only that, it is both Katie and I's last show of the term, but the two of us will be returning next fall. So hopefully you stay tuned and listen to ASUO on KWVA.
Thanks for being with us today, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And you, Connor. <laughs> hey, Connor's here. Of course. Whatever. Alrighty. My name is Savannah Sear. I'm Katie Winkleman. And we will see you soon.